Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It's June 13th, and it's nice to have you guys here. We are um, waking up to a beautiful sunny day, and it is a chilly, what is it out there today? 80 degrees in my dreams. It's still cold, and it was kind of a warm night last night. We got the air on. We got the air conditioning going, and... um, (laughs) All the do- the animals are all trying to come in the room too. They're, they like the air air conditioning. So, um, had a wonderful day yesterday in church. We covered First Peter, chapter four, and uh, rather challenging chapter. Getting a chance to uh, watch that or be with us yesterday, you might want to go back. Uh, pretty uh, relevant to what uh, we're going through today as. Uh, as a church and as a body of believers. But the good news is, is our king is coming and things are getting closer and closer. And that's the reason why we continue to do what we do. That's the reason why we are continuing as a body of believers to meet together every morning and to rejoice and know that God's in control. He's coming back. So with that, let's look at a couple of dad jokes this morning. Let's get our little minds ready for reading through the scripture. I like this one. Um, if you have to, if, if you're not totally into computers yet and having to deal with setting settings on your computer, this might go by you. But this one says, um, I finally, I'm finally upgrading from 1080p to 4K in January. It's my New Year's resolution. Resolution on your computer, right? Okay, how about this one? Just paid $200 for a belt that doesn't fit. What a huge waste. <laughs> this one is goofy. I, you know, didn't make sense at first, but I'll throw it out there anyway. What do you call a magician who loses his magic? Ian. Because he's magician. Ian. Magician. Oh, it's dumb. I'm sorry. That one got lost for on me in the in the humor area anyway. Well, we can go over now to our reading for today. And it looks like I'm still streaming, so we will pray and we will get going. Father God, thank you for this morning. And as always, Father, pray that you would guide us and direct us and give us um your your understanding of what we're reading. But more than that, that the understanding would bring us into accepting various principles that you want us to have to use to go through our day and to apply. In other words, God, help us to be people of grace, people of purpose, people that who desire to to walk as you walked and do what you did. So thank you, my Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look at Psalm 89. Not all of these psalms are, we're not all always given who the author is, but there's a whole bunch that we think David wrote, and of course we're going through this chronologically, so it's my guess that some of the uh, 
theologian. Um, well, it's either going to be Asaph or it's going to be Solomon or David for the most part. There's some other authors that um, were never named. Uh, there is there is another guy, I forgot, that's also mentioned. But anyway, let's see what this one says. I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever to all generations. I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth. For I have said, loving kindness will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your seed forever to build up your throne to all generations. Selah. The heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? A God greatly feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all those who are around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is like you, O mighty Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the swelling of the sea, and its waves rise. You still them. You yourself crushed Rahab like one who is slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains. You have founded them, the north and the south. You have created them, Tabor and Hermon. Shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. O Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all the day, and by your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted, and our shield belongs to the Lord, and our King to the Holy One of Israel. Once you spoke in vision to your godly ones, you said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him with whom my hand will be established. My arm also will strengthen him. The enemy will not deceive him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. But I shall crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him. And in my name, his horn will be exalted. I shall also set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He will cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I also shall make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My loving kindness will keep him forever, and my covenant shall be confirmed to him. So I will establish his descendants forever, his throne as the days of heaven. If his son forsakes my law and do not walk in my judgments, if the voice of my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod of their iniquity, with stripes. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely with in my faithfulness. My covenant I will not violate, nor will I all the utterance of my lips. 
Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His descendants shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, and the witness in the sky is faithful. Selah. But you have cast off and rejected and have been full of wrath against your anointed. You have spurned the covenant of your servant. You have profaned his crown in the dust. You have broken down all his walls. You have brought his stronghold to ruin. All who pass along the way plunder him, and he has become a reproach to his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his adversaries. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You also turn back the edge of his sword and have not made him stand in battle. You have made his scepter to cease and cast his throne to the ground. You have shortened the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. Selah 46. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember what my span of life is and what vanity you have created all the sons of men. And what man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah. Where are your former loving kindnesses? O Lord, which you swore to David and your faithfulness. Remember, O Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many peoples with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, with which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. So this is why many people think David wrote this song. It refers to David. He refers either to himself or it is the psalmist very much, very much acquainted with David and his, and his being king. Here is this phenomenal statement that David's throne would be established forever. That God was going to establish him on the throne. That he would essentially say he's going to be the greatest of the kings. And he's going to have descendants upon his throne forever. Of which we know that Jesus came from the line of David. And that is the paramount reason why we know his throne is going to endure forever because jesus although interesting as you know the priest he comes from the order of melchizedek kingly wise he comes from david and so he is established as a king over the kingdom of men but his kingdom is not of this world is it it's of it's of heaven and so he's uh he's got a he He's got a bloodline on the kingdom of the earth, but, but his kingly line there extends forever and into eternity in heaven. And so we have this beautiful psalm of David. We have, some, we have the God building up David, saying that nothing's going to assail him, nothing's going to destroy him. We seem to have David again getting perhaps personal. I have not researched this psalm, so I can't tell you definitively um, what's going on with this change in the midst of the psalm. It'd be fun to study that, where it seems like this is one of David's points where he was um, where he was not doing so well or he was feeling God's rejection. I'm not sure there on the middle part of the psalm. But um, anyway, meditate on that psalm. It's pretty, pretty glorious, pretty amazing of how David or the psalmist sees God working through Israel now, being united, remember, wasn't God's ultimate design that they be under a king 
And yet it was. This is a, kind of a two-sided coin. He knew they would reject him as leading them, so he then decides that the Messiah would come through a kingly line, and he would establish it through David. So all this is very much New Testament. It's pointing to New Testament. David exemplifies the Messiah to a, a very large degree. His faithfulness to God, being established on the throne, being the one who would lead Israel and kind of be the salvation of Israel and fighting against their enemies. So there's a lot here that we can look at in the prophetic as well. So moving on to Psalm 96 now. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim good tidings to his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established and it will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Our God reigns. And we this beautiful song we used to sing in Calvary on, based on, on this psalm. And um, one of my favorites, and I can't even remember um, the whole song, this whole song anymore. It's been a long time, but it's a, it's a worshipful song, and that's the song that you would want to read, and I mean certainly study it, think about it on the theological. But it's one of those songs you just want to read and say, "Yeah, our God reigns. He's high above the earth. He's coming again, and He's going to judge the world. But He's going to be fair, and He's going to come and He's offering salvation to whoever will take it." But as we saw yesterday in First Peter. As Peter was telling those people 2,000 years ago, but his coming is soon. And we better be mindful of that fact. That we don't want to be caught off guard. And we're living in that generation where it is it behooves whoever is there leading the study, sharing the Lord, that get people get this in their minds, that it is uh, a time factor we're dealing with right now. Now, could it extend another 100 years? Sure, could. But the indicators are, it's really cutting down to, to the chase here. It's getting very, very close. So we need to be thanking the Lord and thanking him for reigning, thanking him for coming back and looking forward to his coming back and living our lives in such a manner that we know he's coming back. Psalm 100, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. God is good. His loving kindness. You know, one of the things we got to affirm, that the fact that he's made us and not ourselves. It sounds obvious, and we who follow the word go, well, yeah, of course. But what is the world saying today? Listen to what the world is saying. The world has come up with a new approach to our existence. And it's so interesting. It used to say, well, somehow two atoms collided and were struck with lightning, and it was in a mud pool and primordial earth, and somehow cells developed all by themselves accidentally, and out climbed a, a mud puppy, and that changed into a monkey and into a man. Now they realize that that was ridiculous because of the complexity of the cell, now that we know how complex the atom is and the cell is and everything else. They, so what's the new paradigm? The new paradigm is, oh, we created ourselves. You see, we're just copies of our ancient ancestors, our ancient astronauts, who came here billions of years ago and seeded us. There's the answer. <laughs> and Anybody without a brain just looks at that and laughs and says, okay, if that's true, where did they come from? Oh, well, they were seeded by their ancestors. You see, they, they just kicked the ball down the road. We don't want to deal with origin of life. That's too complex to see because they realize it's too complex. <laughs> we did not create ourselves. All the movies that are coming out now are saying that. I just watched Moonfall, I think it was. Same deal. They get to the moon and find out, oh, we were just, this is just a little spaceship to their people because they came and seated us here on the earth. And I'm, oh, I'm watching that on the plane going, Lord, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. It's glorious to serve the Lord because things make sense and you don't have to stretch and invent all these crazy ideas. Psalm 101, the psalmist's profession of uprightness. A Psalm of David, here it's listed for us. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praise. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fashion its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look or an arrogant heart, I will endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful in the land, and they will dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do wickedly. I need a little clarification from the Lord where he means it will cut off every morning all the wicked of the land. Because I'm going, please, Lord, we need that right now. Probably a reference here. David, see, is king, and he's protecting Israel. And because he is righteous and following after him, he knows that as he makes a stand for the Lord that the enemy is going to come against him on, on those pagan 
idolatrous nations to try and wipe him out. And he knows that God will rise him up or raise him up to cut off the wicked, wicked coming against his people, those who would try and uh, come into the city to destroy what is good because God has now established him. So I think it's a little bit more related locally to what David was going through, but boy, wouldn't it be nice. He's going to do that one day. He's going to cut off the wicked from the land. And by the way, I get a little busted on that about not slandering your neighbor uh, secretly. Yeah, better be careful. <laughs> I don't want to be destroyed. Um, I have a neighbor next door that's uh, with the house next door has been under construction for about the past six, seven years. In other words, it's been built, sold, reconstructed, sold, reconstructed. Now it's being reconstructed again. And the noise and the, oh, gosh, it's, uh, it's something. But um, pray God opens opportunity so we can go share the Lord with our neighbors. That would be a good thing. Luke chapter 24 now. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee? Saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, they were Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. Also, the women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Verse 13, And behold, two of them were going that day, very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him and sentenced him to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. 
They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And as they approached the village where they were going, he acted as though he was going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. While they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for your spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they stood, while they could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness for sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up to heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Now there ends the gospel account here. Probably go into book of Acts tomorrow, I'm not sure. But what I find amazing in all of this and it's exciting was who Jesus appeared to. And I mentioned this at Easter that, you know, he appears to the women first, not to Peter and James and John's and all the, all the head guys, because the women were actively there worshiping. And they were there at the tomb because out of a desire to worship their Lord. 
And that, in a sense, I don't know, gained them, but, but God honored that. And Jesus appeared to them. But who next does he appear to? Not those who are worshiping at the tomb, but those who are wondering. They're walking around along the road talking about the whole thing, wondering, what does it all mean? And I love the fact that they weren't the head guys. They weren't the inner circle. There were disciples, but they were less known. And they were searching in their heart for answers. They wanted to know what happened, what's going on. And so Jesus, it, it seems like he, he wants us to see this, that he, he wants to reveal himself to whoever is going to seek him and worship, whoever is wondering, whoever is searching. What does it mean? And, and obviously they had love for him. Obviously they were hoping that he would be the redeemer. And, and they didn't understand how redemption worked. And we still have that today. People do not understand how redemption works. People are caught up in churches and going, well, I thought redemption was by our works. And it was by the blessing of the priest. Or it was by whatever means of, of some um, pilgrimage or um, prayer to a saint or something goofy. And as, as long as we're wondering and seeking and going to the tomb, we're going to the cross, we're looking, he's going to appear. He's going to show up. The ones that he appeared to last were the ones who knew him the best and were hiding out. And, uh, and obviously he's, he's not condemning them for it. It was understandable. But uh, they could have learned something from the women. They could have learned something for those who were, uh, I don't know, uh, continuing on to, to question and to talk about the, what the redemption was all about so it was phenomenal how that worked it's phenomenal how he showed up to them and then immediately what do they do they go back and they tell the apostles we figured it out we were shown he appeared he explained it to us this is how redemption works it, the prophets always came in and they always prophesied that there must be the messiah who would come and suffer first and die to forgive us for our sins before he could come and establish his kingdom it was always necessary and he was always given us by the symbol of the Passover, the lamb, that he would be that lamb to set us free from bondage, bondage of sin. It would have all just, all of a sudden, just boom, made sense in their mind. Jesus died on the Passover. He was the Passover lamb. His Passover for, lamb for all mankind. What a great joy. <laughs> and that's why they were continually in the temple praising God after that, going salvation, redemption through the blood of the lamb, Who'd have thought? I mean, it's, it's common sense for us now. But imagine the first time that they got it, why they had been celebrating the Passover for all those centuries. Pretty exciting. Well, let's look into Divine Cultivation by Charles Spurgeon. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any heard it. I will keep it night and day. Isaiah 27.3. When the Lord himself speaks in his own proper person rather than through a prophet, the word has a particular weight to believing minds. It is Jehovah himself who is the keeper of his own vineyard. He does not trust it to any other. 
but he makes it his own personal care. Are they not well kept whom God himself keeps? We are to receive gracious watering, not only every day, every hour, but every moment. How we ought to grow. How fresh and fruitful every plant should be. What rich clusters and vines should bear. But disturbers come, little foxes and the boar. Therefore, the Lord himself is our guardian, and that at all hours, both night and day. What then can harm us? Why are we afraid? He tends his waters, he guards. And what more do we need? Twice in this verse, the Lord says, I will. What truth, what power, what love, what immutability we find in the great I will of Jehovah. Who can resist his will? If he says, I will, what room is there for doubt? With an I will of God, we can face all the hosts of sin, death, and hell. O Lord, since thou savest, I will keep thee. I reply, I will praise thee. The Lord will keep his harvest. The Lord will keep his his vineyard. Pretty cool. Well, let's spend some time in prayer. Let's look at the things in the spirit world that God wants us to look at. Uh, seek him. Be sensitive to the thing God God's wants, wants you to pray about today. Obviously, he may uh, direct you to pray for something specific. But let's pray corporately for a minute and just ask him to, uh, to guide and direct our prayer. So, Father, thank you for this morning. And we thank you for bringing us into the, your glorious presence and showing us some beautiful truths, God, of your greatness and how you are the God of not only Israel but over all those who are in your kingdom, you're the Lord of the harvest. You're the Passover lamb. You are the, the one who tends your garden and keeps it and watches over it and is able to protect us. And God, we need it. We are the weak sheep. We have nothing that we can offer of ourselves. Father, but you do call us to make a stand. You do call us to put on the armor because the, the battle is raging. So God, strengthen us. Maybe we're to be battle-ready sheep, I guess. Um, strengthen us to be um, ready for the attack and help us, God, to know how to use our sword. And do it in a way where people would willingly themselves put off the things of this world and die to themselves and become alive in Christ. Our desire is that the, that the sword would cut away all that is of sin and all that is of the world and that is causing one to die slowly and, and suffer in eternity without you. Father, our desire is that that, that the word would just penetrate between the, the spirit and, and, and the soul and, and get the person to admit that they're wrong and that they're sinners and that they accept you and find life and find it eternally and find joy and be able to realize what the men on the road to Emmaus did, that you came to die for them and that you were extending, God, your arms in, in the, the dinner they ate together to show them that you willingly went to the cross for them and that you broke, your body was broken, your blood was poured out for them. And what a glorious communion they, they would have had with you understanding what it was all about. So God, this is our prayer. Bring us 
into contact with people, so many people that have a knowledge of you and have a cursory understanding of you, but haven't put the whole picture together. Use this God to help them see it like those on the road to Emmaus and be amazed by it and so that they would continually praise you and be so blessed and so joyful that then they could see why they're alive and why they're going possibly through various circumstances. And Father, there's a lot of people going through a lot of circumstances, difficult things to handle of life. And we want to lift them up. We want to lift up those who are suffering and hurting. It's hard to read your Bible and be joyful when your body is hurting. But we know that it is possible. We see it. Maria Elena yesterday was was there with her cancer, joyful, smiling, not complaining, just a huge, powerful, quiet, silent witness of your grace and your mercy because she knows that she's in your hands. So we pray that for all those that could um, yield up, God, their entire beings to you, knowing that you have them safe in your hands, no matter the condition of their body. We pray for Juan Carlos in Mexico. Pray, God, you'd give us an update on uh, help us get understanding when that he might have surgery on his sinuses, God, that or or that you just supernaturally heal it while he's waiting for the doctors to do their part. And the same true for Karen Scoo, God, as she's been patiently um, doing what she needs to do, take care of her body, but being patient, God, knowing that your, her life is in your hand and her body's in your hand. So, God, continue to touch her, love her through this, God. Let her family and her friends be there for her ministering to her and God just pray for a good day for a good day for her she should be able to eat she should be able to um, find strength and um, and and get some some positive results from the things she's going through and for Hank and for um, Celeste who's been dealing with her cancer for so long same thing even Susie and Nabil who's been dealing with cancer for 30 years God that she doesn't she doesn't uh, God complain at all uh, she's not angry. In fact, just the opposite. She knows your grace, and she knows you're in charge, and she waits upon you. And so give her a blessed day, a wonderful God. Just supernaturally touch her life with her husband, and let it be a wonderful day for them and for um, any anyone, God, who's been in this faithful service to you in the battle, God, fighting to kind of gain, regain some type of health in their bodies. And for those that are dealing with other battles, um, battles with finances, battles with uh, in court cases where people are coming against them for no reason or for unjust reasons. And we think about our friends, the olds, which um, have had, had to deal with many court battles of which are baseless and ridiculous. And we pray for um, Zoe and David and their kids. Pray that you... <laughs> Give them favor, God, in these court cases today in a big way. And um, for anyone that's especially dealing with unjust things brought against them because of their faith, because of their statements. Now, we can't even say certain words anymore. Churches can't even mention certain things or have particular belief structures without being attacked in court. So we want to pray that you use Christian lawyers and Christian um, people in the government to stand up for what is right and, and protect those who are who are trying to make a stand in love for you. So we want to pray and lift them up and pray for Israel, God, as they have many people trying to attack them and have had to make a stand 
realizing God that the the forces of hell are organizing all the armies that they can muster in this earth to come against Israel. And so, God, we just ask that you would give them a lot of wisdom to know what's coming. And we pray for for uh, our friends, Tony and Bernice up there in Poland, as they are ministering to people coming out of the Ukraine, helping them, and the church, the Calvary Chapel there that was in Kiev. Don't know if they've gone back to set up shop or not, but pray for the pastor in the church in Kiev at Calvary Chapel trying to minister now to that city who is destroyed and we do pray god an end to this war don't know how else to pray pray for an end of the war and that these soldiers on both sides would um find you and realize how close eternity is that they sit in foxholes and god at any moment their life could be over so bring in your word god bring the believers in on both sides to share the lord with them so that their life may be set in a founded on the rock and not moved and not see them God (laughs) lose their life and then lose their eternity with you so God we pray a special prayer for the for the war that's going on God and that you do your work there so thank you God for this day in Jesus name amen okay that'll do it so we will look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow at the same time God bless you share this with people uh, give it a like if you're on, on YouTube so we can get more visibility and um, let people know about the podcast so we can all keep reading the word together. Bye-bye.